Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, the last episode, <coughs> excuse me, of the first season of the Getting Close with Mike Barback podcast. And I have a cough. I have a bit of a cough. I'm not really sick. I guess it's the weather. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in the weather, causing a little decongestion, which is leading to a little post-nasal drip, a little PND uh, going down the back of my throat, which is causing me to occasionally cough uh, and sound like I'm getting choked up for no apparent reason, but that's not the case on this podcast. That voice, if you can hear it, is the voice of the kitten, which I acquired last week, and there she is. It is a girl. We know this now, thanks to Uncle Dennis, Uncle Dennis Trafney, nominated for Best Male Improviser uh, at the 2013 Without Awards, and her name I will reveal now. Yep, I'm getting to it. Is that the drum roll? Is Arya. Her name is Arya, and it's after Game of Thrones, Arya Stark. And if you're familiar with the show at all, then you will you would definitely agree that it is a perfect name for this for this little kitty. Uh, what else is happening? I had a Christmas party on Saturday night, uh, which had a whole bunch of people show up throughout the night, which was a really good time. I loved doing that. The last time I did it was uh, about two years ago, and I'd like to do it every year uh, because it's been been good. I made a bunch of strombolis from scratch, and uh, those always go over well. And um, someone lost a coat. Someone lost a coat. Someone took a coat. There's some big coat thing happening where, uh, I don't know, there was an old switcheroo in coats. That can happen. They have similar coats. Someone comes in with something, you know, they're, ah, that's my coat. Guess what? It's not my coat. Um, and there was things in the pockets. I don't know exactly what the deal is, but the mystery of the missing coat is, uh, is lingering on. We need the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew to get on the case. Um, <coughs> excuse me. A little bit of a cough. A little post-nasal drip. Uh, Sideshow. Sideshow this Friday. Friday, December 21st. Incidentally, the day the world, according to Mayan prophecy, or excuse me, interpretation of Mayan prophecy, or not even prophecy, interpretation of the Mayan calendar is going to end, uh, which I don't believe that's the case, which is why I booked. If I believed the world was going to end, I would not have bothered to book the sideshow on that particular night. Uh, I don't believe the world's going to end. I think it's just a guy who was like, you know what? There, a thousand years. I think that's enough. I think I'm done. I'm going to go home and see my wife. I've chiseled a thousand or so years of, of dates. Done. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that it's, it, that's all it is really, is that, you know, it's the ending of a particular era and the beginning of a, of a new one or something. I'm really speaking about a whole bunch of stuff and I really haven't looked any of it up. Um, so go to the internet after listening to this and look it up, but trust me, the world is not going to end. That also is based on nothing. If the world does end, then I apologize. Um... Yeah, so the sideshow this Friday, $5 for pretty much a whole big mix of, of acts. Uh, there's Kid Twist making their imp- uh, there's Kid Twist making their improv debut at the sideshow this Friday night. It's going to be a, a weird wild time. Uh, and Tim and Mike, I asked them to do the show after seeing them 
in the green room of the Shubin, where they were just kind of sitting and talking. And that's all I want them to do at this, this sideshow. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, that's really all they were doing was just sitting and talking. And that's all I really want them to do is just sit and talk. Uh, so it should be, uh, should be interesting. Tim Butterly and Mike Rainey, that was. Uh, there's going to be some storytelling. There's going to be some stand-up. Uh, I, if I can get my shit together before then, will do a reading of the night, Twas the Night Before Christmas, but in different celebrity voices. I'm sure Johnny Carson will, I'm sure Johnny Carson will make an appearance. Uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. Uh, something along those lines. Uh, but a whole bunch of different voices. Probably some that are better than others. But that's how it goes. Uh, alright. On with the podcast. Oh, you know what? No, not on with the podcast. Because like I said, this is the last one. Uh, so I'm going to plug a couple more things real fast. And that is on the 28th of December, Brendan Kennedy and Shannon Brown, Brownie, will be hosting a sideshow. Uh, it's going to be on a sideshow night, but it is their show. They're running the, the whole thing. They put together a friggin' fantastic lineup, uh, which is uh, I'm really looking forward to because there's a couple people that over the few years that I've been here I've yet to see, like Fastball, Pitcher Bob Gutierrez, uh, and Bing Supernova, just to name two. Uh, to name another act, Kate and Andrew, fantastic. Um, and I'm going to stop naming acts there because that's all I remember. But if it was just those three, that's enough to go see. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but Bing Supernova is someone that I've heard so much about that I really want to be able to go and check that out. So I'm very glad that they're doing doing that. That's the 28th of December at 8 p.m. And it costs 10 bucks to get in. BYOB, bada bing, bada boom, bing, supernova. Speaking of bing, supernova, Chip Chantry is on the podcast this week. Chip Chantry is rounding out the first season of the Getting Close podcast. Uh, I don't really know Chip, or I didn't really know him until I did this. Uh, all I knew was uh, he was a really nice guy. He's really funny. Uh, he's done a bunch of different things across different mediums and arts, uh, but I never really had a conversation with him. So what better way to do that and get that bowl ball rolling, that bowl of soup, what am I saying, get that uh, started than with an hour and a half conversation just about him. But this wasn't, you know, if I'm being honest here, this is the last one, I can do this, right? If I'm being honest, Aria, can I be honest? Thank you. This was probably one of the more enjoyable conversations that I've had. I know. You probably preferred Rob Banowitz, Aria? Many do. Uh, friend of the podcast, Rob Banowitz. Uh, it was, uh, it's very scattered as far as what we talk about. We cover a whole bunch of different things. I know, Aria, you prefer a much more streamlined podcast like I tend to deliver, but this one wasn't. You got a deal. Move on. Uh, so this is uh, a bit more scattered. We talk about a bunch of different things, lots of tangents. I mean, we probably talk about uh, ghosts and Steve Gutenberg 
more than uh, we probably talk about comedy. That's not really true. Uh, but he does come up as along along with the Wizard of Oz and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but I learned a lot about him, and I can attest to the fact that he is a nice guy, that he is very funny, and that if you do have to sit down with him and have a conversation, it's going to be a fun one. And he actually has a album out right now, which you can download. The album is Across from the Adonis. It's available on iTunes right now. So you can... Download that as you're listening to this, or listen to this, and then go download that and uh, laugh until the cows come home. No one says that anymore. Uh, All right, without further ado, please listen as I... I'm getting to it, Aria. Please listen as I get close with Chip Chantry. Got the sniffles a little bit. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. A little it. bit. How you I doing? Just, I'm just going to sit way over here and lean back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe we should sit at opposite uh, ends. Yeah. Exactly. Just so in case I should sneeze. Uh, so I'm really hoping to get this job. Don't get germs I on I feel you. like I bring a lot. Uh, well, uh, I've seen your resume. Yeah. And I'm quite unimpressed. Mm. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm a little flustered. But I'm good. I, uh, Wait, why is it flustered? It just yeah, everything's coming at once, which is uh, what's which everything? Is a good thing. What's coming? I, I got yeah, I got a lot of gigs, which is a good thing, which is a good problem to have. But it's like, I, I you know I'm used to stand up, and now I'm branching out, which it's uncharted territory. Into what? Sketch. Uh, I've done characters for a while, but I'm doing some new characters and some some other writing stuff. I'm doing a writing a column for a blog, and uh, <laughs> qu- I did air quotes. Qu- so yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know if we're recording. It's not really a blog. Yeah, it's no. It's actually is the blog. It's for for Philly Post for the oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's like all coming fast and furious, and then I have to get Christmas presents for people and yeah. uh, and move. The worst of all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about. Good, which is awesome. So, thank you for outlining mm-hmm. uh, the, the setting up the thesis. Yeah, I like this, to, uh, I like to set things <laughs> up. Kind of an agenda. It's, yeah. it's parliamentary <laughs> procedure. That's how I do my podcast. It's, parli- it's definitely parliamentary. Robert's Fantastic. rules. It it's Rob- is it Robert's rules? Is that what his uh, name is Robert? Robert's rules. Is that what they call it? Uh, I'm going to call it Chips Rules. Chips Rules. Yeah, that's what it should be. Okay. Uh, first, tell me uh, how you got into this. Like, what was what was family like growing up? Um, I had a very, uh, I, had a, I had a nice family. I still do, as a matter of fact. There was no, you know, like, uh, you, you know, you know, houseboat fire, and they're not, which would be awesome. But no, they, uh, they I had a very good family. I uh, grew up in the uh, Burbs. Out in Eagleville, which is right by Norris, it's beautiful Norristown. Okay, uh, King of Prussia Mall was the old hangout, and uh, KOP. Yeah, KOP, and uh, yeah, uh, I got a little brother, three years younger, and uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of working class. Uh, yeah, we were we were actually, you know, like a lot of comedians, they always look for that like strife and that struggle. And, yeah, like I think I always thought I had it horrible because you know, woe is me. But like looking back on it, it was like fairy tale yeah, kind of pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah, good. it was it was pretty 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 good. Yeah, uh, parents were. Uh, Supportive of your ideas of getting into this? Yes and no. They, I mean, they were always supportive of, of the things I did. And I was a good kid. Like I, 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 believe it or not, like I did very well in school and you know, the, you know, the old honors classes and all that. And, and uh, so they were always supportive of what I did. I, I was always involved in music and theater, so that was my, you know, my big push. And they liked that, but never thought I'd do anything with it. My dad wanted me to be a lawyer, and my mom wanted me to be. I, do, I don't know what she wanted to be, but, but uh, uh, so, um, 
Yeah, so I didn't get into the game, into comedy, until like I was like 24 or 25, so okay. they were cool with it, but they're like, well, this is just a kind of a side, this is yeah, a nice little hobby, sure. you know, and that, you know, the more and more I try to make the leap, the less and less they're excited about it, but, but they're still very supportive of it, which is, okay. which is good. Uh, so you didn't get into anything until 24, as far as comedy goes. Uh, you mentioned that you did some, you were into music and theater. What did you do as far as theater goes? Um... I, um, I, I always, and, um, I'm trying to think what my first, my first play in high school was Bye Bye Birdie. Okay. And musical theater. And I loved it because I was, I was in ninth grade and I was the shortest, smallest kid. So instead of just being like in the chorus, you know, the background dancers, I got to be the little brother because I fit the uh, Boy Scout Mm -hmm. uniform. So I got to hang out with all the older kids that I thought were cool that were like, you know, juniors and seniors. And, (coughs) uh, yeah, I got a lot more experience. So I loved doing theater stuff. So I did that all through. It was in Fiddler on the Roof, um, you know, which was, which was actually, and this is this is actually this is amazing. Uh, this is how not Jewish apparently I look. Uh, I, I grew up in like the waspiest area ever, and they decided to do Fiddler, you know, with everybody's blonde hair and blue eyes. But we yeah. did Fiddler, and I was out of the entire school. I was cast as the only non-Jewish. Uh, uh, cast member uh, you know of, of that selection of that selection yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. but uh, but you know I, I always loved theater and then um i just kind of figured it'd be a hobby and you know but i love performing and i always love stand-up too like i watched stand-up from the time i was like when my friends were watching cartoons yeah. like i was watching stand-up like M- mtv's half hour comedy hour yeah was like that was my thing i used to mm-hmm. record it and just watch it over and over again and how and old are you now 35. Okay. And so a half. I'm 33. Okay. I think I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, older. So when we were younger, Comedy Central was just kind of coming into oh, yeah. its own. It was ha. Ha. Remember ha? Yeah. And, I, and we didn't get ha. And I was all upset because I remember reading about it. I was like, this has got to be the greatest thing in the world. And we didn't get it. So um, I want to say I was in I was in like ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade when, when it came out. So, <coughs> sounds right. Yeah. So, uh, and that just... Comedy Central blew my mind because it was, and I loved the stand up. Stand up was great. A and E Spotlight, remember on A and E? They did yep. Spotlight Comedy on the Road. I think. Oh, everybody had one. All those. It, it, yeah. was, it was great. Caroline's. Caroline's had uh, one. Rosie O'Donnell Rosie hosted one, one yeah. of them. Yeah. Bobby. Uh, oh, what's his name? Bobby. Uh, I can't remember. I actually worked with him in Atlantic City one time, and I can't remember. Bobby McFerrin. Bobby Collins. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby McFerrin lives in Philadelphia. Did you know that? I did not know that. He he lives out in like the. Somewhere like right out in the suburbs, but like close oh, here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get Bobby McFerrin. It'd be amazing on yeah. the Getting Close podcast. Yes, yeah. Without disclosing details, I got a buddy who who knows him, who does some like tech work for him, and apparently he's like uh, the greatest guy. And everybody always thinks I'm I'm saying this to the world right now. Everybody thinks Bobby McFerrin is like I don't know if everybody thinks this, but I kind of assumed it's like oh, kind of one hit wonder Bobby McFerrin. He's like a world renowned. Uh, like choir director and orchestral yeah. director and, and, and arranger. I mean, he's yeah. like this brilliant, you know, guy who travels all over the world. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the same. That's the thing with many, well, probably not many, uh, a lot of one-hit wonders. Uh, the, you know, they had their hit here, or they hit, you know, that goes, but they've done things everywhere else. That are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who were you watching as far as uh, stand-up goes? You watch a lot of stand-up. Who, were, who, was, uh, who was catching your eye? Yeah, I remember Dana Gould. Who yeah. I loved it. And I, then I got to work with him. Uh, he was just in years. town. Yeah, he was just just in town. I got to see him up. I worked with him about four or five years ago when he was in town. And it was amazing because it was. I literally still have when I recorded him on TV. I still have the the tapes. But I, I loved him. I always loved the weird guys like Geechee Guy. Remember Geechee <laughs> Guy? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, Geechee Guy and Fred Stoller. He was a, a Star Search uh, winner I, for many many. I, I think he seasons was. or 
yes. a contest, yeah. Everybody loved Geechee Guy. The Amazing Jonathan, of course. Yeah. And uh, Oh, I've seen that special so many times. Oh, where he drinks, yeah. The, yeah. He drinks the Windex. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm, tr- yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Um, yeah, I just loved... Um, just anybody. I would just, I would just watch... I, I had those. I mean, I had those seven minute sets just memorized. Yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. So, and then once once uh, Comedy Central came about, that's when I got into the you know the kids in the hall. Right. I still remember the kids in the hall and the sketch where the, the surprise party sketch. Do you remember this? Where they bring in the the girl from like it was like Joy Makers or something, yeah. and, and she was arranging the surprise party, but Kevin, they were actually. They actually, the guy who was supposed to be surprised was there. And right. I just remember being on the floor. That and uh, Kids in the Hall and Mystery Science Theater. The first yeah, time I saw oh that, God. I was... I like, love Mystery Science Theater. My parents, and I never did drugs <laughs> in high school. I never did drugs. And, That's uh, good. Uh, my parents literally thought I was high because I was on the floor laughing. Yeah. And they walked in the room. I was watching Mystery Science Theater 2000. And my dad's my yeah. dad was all pissed because he said, what are you? What's you know? What is he high? You know? Yeah, because like, well, they they see like a black and white movie. Yeah. more often than not. Yeah, uh, and then antlers or whatever is sticking up, and mm-hmm. that's not funny to people. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but I I just thought it was just the greatest. I just love the fact that you know another big uh, a big thing for me was 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 MTV's remote control Ken Ober. Yeah, because it was it, MTV back then. And, and Colin Quinn did it too. Colin Quinn was on there, and yeah. that's Dennis Leary, Adam Sandler. Right. Were, like they yeah, would yeah, come they on every once in a while because they were parts. all friends. And the thing I loved about early MTV and early Comedy Central was the fact that it was, it just seemed so remote. And so, like, Saturday Night Live was fine. And, you know, like, Dana Carvey was fine. Like, Mm -hmm. I I got it and all. But I just love the fact that the kids in the hall seemed like they were performing in a basement in Ottawa somewhere. Like, they just bizarre. And and that's what MTV was. (coughs) The set was literally in a basement for remote control. It was just so low budget and kind of fun and fly by the seat of your pants. Like, that's... That was exciting to me. Yeah, well, they they learned pretty fast that uh, no one really cared about music videos. No, <laughs> so I know they had to start actually creating programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, which is good, good and bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was a big music fan too. I'm I'm still a music. Fan. I mean, I think most I would assume like most comedy people were kind of rock stars that just never got that good. Yeah, you know, we just we just wanted to be rock stars. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, oh, we could love jokes, <laughs> and that's how I got in to comedy. Was my brother. Is uh, a musician. He's an amazing drummer, and oh, uh, he's, he's still plays in bands. And he was in a band in Philly, and uh, they had me open for him uh, to tell jokes. They didn't tell me; they booked me ahead of time, a couple weeks ahead of time, without telling me. And I literally saw my name on a poster, and I, and I called my brother. I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we were going to tell you tonight. You're opening for us in two weeks and telling jokes at Fergie's Pub. Fergie's okay, Pub. First yeah. time I ever uh, did stand up." And that was about you said twenty four. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah twenty four twenty five because it was about it was about ten years ago. So, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was great. I, I I it was like the greatest night of my life. I, I because it was awful. I'm sure I wasn't funny at all. But there was a lot of friends and family there, so sure. they were just supportive. Yeah, and they laughed at everything, and it was the biggest rush of of my life. Like I didn't sleep for three days. So I was like, this is you know this is how long had you thought about <coughs> excuse me getting into it. Uh, had you been talking about it? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, and then like, yes and no. Like I mean, I, it was it was kind of a running joke because when I was a kid, uh, I would always want to you know tell jokes, or I was like I want to be a stand up comedian. But it's like how do you, you you don't go to school for it necessarily? You can't. There's no. Yeah. You know, my parents were like, "You're going to college, and that's the thing." You know, yeah. like that was the you know, and uh, so it wasn't a it wasn't a feasible thing. I just right. figured it was just something so 
alien and, and distant, and then uh, I had no idea how to get into it. And I wanted to so bad, and uh, uh, you know, like I just didn't have an outlet for it. Like I didn't know what happened. So I, yeah. so they luckily just threw me in, and it's like you got a stage, you got a microphone, do it. And it actually turned out to be to be decent, at least not you know awful enough for me to quit. And then. Uh, <laughs> I kind of went to like two or three open mics, like got the courage, like throughout that year. That's all I did. Following like, that, following that, I did that night, and then like just rode that wave for like a month, and was like frightened to get back on stage again because I was like, "How can you, you know, how am I going to replicate that?" Yeah. And then I went to like three or four open mics throughout that year. Like I'd go one, and then two months later, I go to one, and and they were okay. They weren't. It, it was nothing like the reception of my first one. You know, you, you get that false yeah, hope, sure. uh, and then I get kicked back down to back down to reality quickly. <laughs> But then I, so then the next year, almost exactly a year later, I just, I was like, I love doing this. I need to figure out how to do it more. So I ended up taking a class. I took a comedy class. Mm -hmm. And then that got up in the Northeast at the Comedy Cabaret. On the Boulevard. Yeah. Right on the Boulevard. Yeah. I used to live right by there. Okay. Yeah. And it was great because uh, I had, it was a really good class that I took. Um, Usually you have like 10 people in the class and by the end there's usually five people left and maybe one of them actually does stand up, you know, like follows through with it, you know. Right, yeah. And uh, I had a – the class was me and my buddy Dan Goodman who is up in New York now, you know, just doing stand-up <laughs> all over. Johnny Goodtimes, uh, Quizzo Master Extraordinaire and, you yeah. know, we partner with a lot of stuff. Josh Bennett who's really funny and Pat Kelly from the Sixth Borough. So they were – we were just all in that class together. And then that forced us – we were there for six weeks so we did the open mic. Because it was right before the open mic, so we were just at the open mic for six weeks in a row. Yeah, and that was like no turning back. Like I didn't. Is like my my family and friends like never saw me again. Like it was like <laughs> two three nights a week at least. I was at open mic. I, I started doing guest spots on the weekends, so I had no social life for like the next three years. I just that was it. like nothing. Yeah, like my like totally lost touch with my friends and just went to Cherry Hill to do you know a you know five minute set in front of a bunch of disinterested middle-aged couples and uh mm. and just uh just plot, plotted through and me and Johnny Good Times and Dan had a uh, an open mic at the old Fimicools on right across from from Fergie's mm-hmm. and we did and it, that was awful and we did it, we did that for like 4 years and just that's where I just what, got my why was it so awful it was just it was a bar open mic and it yeah. was our this our stage was literally a pallet you know like like a wooden pallet like a loading <laughs> yeah. pallet yeah and that we we stapled we got a staple gun and stapled some material to, to it and then um, like six months in the owner's son decided that it was too big the pallet was the too pallet big the pallet was too big for, as a stage yeah and literally cut it in half and I mean if it's a regular uh, I've worked in retail yes we uh, all have I'm familiar with pallets four by four uh, <laughs> four by I was going to say that's, that can really only be about four feet by, by yeah, four feet four or feet so. by four feet or so that's what it was and he cut that so then it was four feet by two feet <laughs> it was an apple box at that point it, it literally was and uh <laughs> And so we did that, and Johnny had an old painter's light, like, you know, like, just the, mm. you know, the silver dome, half dome light that you'd clip on, sure. you know, like, for painting, and yeah. that was our light, <laughs> and uh, uh, and it was just, it was Monday nights, and it was always late, we didn't start until, like, I don't know how I physically survived, like, I, I was I was a teacher, I was teaching fourth grade, and so every Monday night, I would go down, down there, and we didn't start until, like, 10.30 at night, maybe, we didn't get finished until, like, 12.30, and it was just, like, the football games, Monday Night Football would be going on, like, oh, over God. our heads. Oh. And there was just, it was either just the regular drunks or, like, <laughs> people that were from the convention center that were just wasted. Or um, we had homeless people that would come in, transvestites would come in all the time and just scream at us. Jeez. And it was just, 
But it was like there was nothing worse than that. So yeah. I was like, if I can keep doing this, yeah, I can, can keep, you know. So we get through that, then yeah, you I can mean, do a crowd that's there to see you and wants to see you do well. Yeah, <laughs> it thickened our skin pretty quickly. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you mentioned, it's going to skip around a little bit, but you mentioned that you teach. Yes. Uh, what do you teach? Fourth grade. I teach fourth grade. So you, you cover a lot of different subjects. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. But uh, actually, this year, I am on sabbatical, so I'm not teaching at all this year. I got my uh, got the whole year off. I'm taking a couple classes, and uh, I get the rest of my time just to just to do this, which uh, which is amazing, which is like the greatest yeah. opportunity I've ever had, Yeah. and I hope I don't squander it. And it's, uh, yeah, I've been teaching for a little over 10 years now, and so I, I'm taking sabbatical, so yeah, just not, not teaching at all. No, uh, and this, you can very well say, this is none of my business. Yes. Um, but sabbatical, is that just time off, or is that time off with pay or some pay? We get a little bit of pay. Okay. A little bit of pay. So, like, I can live, which is which is great. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't compete at all. I can live, and, uh, uh, you know, I take classes, and, uh, which, which isn't, which isn't too awful, and then I got my free time, so it's, so it's great. So, I mean, I definitely took a hit. Sure. Money wise, but I'm not. I don't show up to work. And yeah, so you get off for a year. I'm off for a year <laughs> vacation, and uh, I, yeah. uh, you know, wake up, I go to the gym, and <coughs> then just write and perform. It's like it's like the greatest thing in in the world. Uh, not counting comedy stuff and any kind of arts things, mm-hmm. and the gym. You have a year off. Yeah. What are you What are you doing with that? What else are you doing? Like praying that I don't like you go. The time goes so fast, and it really took a few. I was on the road for most of the summer, which which was which was fun, but like that just kind of flew by because I was on the road. And then now I'm back, and like it really took like a good two months or so to really get disciplined and get focused and yeah. be like, all right, I'm not going to sit here yeah. on Facebook for two hours, or I'm not just going to sit around and watch the Office reruns. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I got to do this. So so about the last month, I've really been. Cause you do. I mean, you know how it is. Like you get a day off, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. It's you know, you're, you're you're gone. So like, imagine yeah. that times three hundred sixty-five. Yeah. So I'm re- like now it's like, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I go visit my my niece and nephew. They live right out in the burbs, and okay. uh, see them, hang out with the girlfriend, walk the dog, walk the dog. Oh yeah. That's that's uh, that's fun. And then uh, yeah, just uh, just doing as much comedy as I as I possibly can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you teach fourth grade, and you took a comedy class that kind of helped you with this stuff and you also taught one for for fit recently yes. yeah. how did that go it was great uh it, it was a lot of fun um i did it uh, with uh mary rudzinski mary, yeah. yeah very funny mary rudzinski and she was great because we um first of all i don't there, there's a, there's a, as you probably know there's somewhat of a stigma attached to comedy classes <coughs> i think especially stand-up comedy because stand-up comedy is like well you just get up and you talk and you can't teach somebody to be funny, and you, you right. can't you can't teach it. You got to learn on your own, which I hundred percent agree with. Like you can't teach somebody to be funny, but you can. Um, the way that the guy who who taught my class when I took it was, he said, "Look, you know, I can't teach, but I can't teach you how to be funny. But I can give you my personal experience, what worked for me, and give you a couple of techniques and a couple of skills and some tools right. to get you know to help you get ready." Which that's what I tried to do, and it was it was so much fun and. It's 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 nice to have somebody to bounce off with because I didn't want to be the, you know the the lone yeah. you know person up there just you know being the dictator you know so Mary and I kind of bounce back and forth and mm-hmm. she has a great perspective that's different from mine so I think it really got people, you know the people who took it I think hopefully hopefully enjoyed it number one and then just kind of got pulled the curtain back a little bit to see you know see what it is and got them ready to, to start doing some five minute sets. Uh, what were I mean I'd like to do that class again. Uh, maybe in the in the spring, depending yeah. on your your schedule. Uh, so I don't want to give too much 
mm-hmm. get too much into it and give you know so people just listen Don't to the podcast. Don't give it away, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but what are some some quick things that you would say people have passed down to you that you would then pass down to them? Some sort of uh, advice uh, as far as uh, whether it's crafting a joke or dealing with a crowd. Yeah, it's um, a little. We try to do a little bit of everything. We we hit it um, just from being professional and just little things that people don't think about, like how to, you know, like just just uh, you know, like how to deal with you know how to work how an open mic works and and how not to because people don't know what it is and they do something stupid and they you know, it comes off as disrespectful or whatever. But just you know the professional end, how to get booked, and then yeah, cr- joke crafting I think is number one. It's like all right, you know, take your life experiences and how do you filter that into. You know how, how does how does that get presented? What's the presentation look like? And uh, yeah, we talk about crowds and 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 you know actually performing, and, and we really break it down into writing and performance. So those those two aspects, you know. And I think we really hammer away at the writing and really try to get that, and then get people up on stage in front of each other and really try to perform it and see what right. what comes what comes out of there. Okay. So, yeah. uh, who? Uh, you, like, you know, you mentioned that you like the, uh, the, the odd comics, the weirder comics, uh, at least back then. Yeah. Uh, who is kind of making you laugh now? Um, uh, I mean, there's so many people just in the city right now. I mean, your peers, you yeah. know, are always so funny. But, um, I think nationally, I mean, Louis C.K. is just, yeah. he, you know, he's Zeus right now and you yeah. can't beat him. He's just so honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian Regan is always you know people forget about Brian Regan. Nah, I think I he's, he's yeah. so good that it's like everybody forgets about him. Yeah, his delivery is fantastic too. Yeah, just the yeah. energy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so he's such a cartoon, and, and, but it's amazing. But it's smart and, and funny and completely clean too, which is, I don't need to be clean, but like it's just that's I always find it more impressive. Yeah, but it is. Um, uh, Bill Burr is great. I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr is amazing, and he's just. Did you ever listen to his podcast? Yes. Oh, it's, it's hysterical. He, he One time, I mean, I literally, I almost ran into, tra- I did run into traffic. I was, like, running in the city listening to it, and I was laughing so hard that I, like, I blew a red light and was literally running. He was yeah. talking about yelling at a coyote. Do you remember that one? He was in Hollywood. He's drunk. No, I'm driving home, and he sees a coyote, so he starts, like, whistling at it to see if it'll come to him. I mean, it's, yeah, but, uh, yeah. He's great. Um, Paul Tompkins is one of my yeah. favorites. Todd Glass is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Rhodes is so funny. You know who, um... Do you know John Mulaney? He writes for Saturday Night Live. He writes for Weekend Update. I know the name. So funny. His... I don't know him. Yeah. Uh, so funny. And his his uh, album is... Uh, his new album is called... Well, it's about a year old. Um, new in Town. And it's it's hysterical. I've been listening to it on repeat, like, constantly. <coughs> really, really funny. Okay. Uh, who in the city? You mentioned that, you know, there's there's some... Some peers. I mean, there's some awful people that would just be nice to. Sure. I mean, let's, yeah. let's 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 be honest, Michael. Yeah. Let's. I'm going to name those people right now. I would As a matter of so. fact, if we can just if we can do yeah. that, um, Doogie Horner is awful, terrible. I mean, just just one of the worst people. I mean, just as a human being, as a performer, friend of the a, podcast, Doogie Horner. Friend of the podcast, Doogie Horner. <laughs> terrible person. I hate his beard. He yeah. Uh, no, Doogie is uh, Doogie's one of my favorites to watch. I just you know he's he writes so much and and also I have. I have a short attention span, so I love quick jokes and short jokes, and I love his, you know, his punch mm-hmm. to it. Uh, yeah, Doogie, James Heskey, of course, is mm-hmm. is great. I love I love James. Um, well, and I'm, of course, Blank and Mary, uh, Mary Rosinski. Uh, who who else? And then of course, like uh, sketch people like Secret Pants is, yeah, uh, is, is just amazing, and and you know Billy and Christian, the the Figos, Figos. yeah, Ooh. and and. Uh, uh, yeah, who else? Um, 
Yeah. Oh, you know uh, John McKeever. Do you have, have you seen John? John, very very funny guy. I think so. Uh, did I see, is he in Bird Text? Bird Text, yeah. yes. Yeah, one of the Bird Text gentlemen. Yes. So, uh, him and, of course, Tommy, uh, yeah, are great. But, uh, yeah, so it's just nice. And and then, um, and then guys that I started with, like John Cancel. John Cancel is one of the funniest yeah. people on the planet. Yeah. And uh, I think my favorite comedian of all time is is the Wid, the legendary Wid. The Wid? Yeah, do you know the Wid? No. Oh, you don't know the Wid? All right, Wid. let's stop now and just watch <laughs> the videos uh, the legendary Wid is uh, a prop comic from Philadelphia okay. based out of Philly he's from Jersey originally and he's been doing it for like 30 years he kind of helped uh, Carrot Top get started uh, oh, from the, as the stories go the godfather and of prop comedy he is and he's he's brilliant and it's just like ridiculous and silly but so he's so quick witted and so smart and he does and pe- most people say he does puns and he does props, which right there you're like, that's got to be awful. So it, he he's he's brilliant. He's like a he's a savant when it comes to it, and it's the funny. Like I've never laughed so hard as when I watch the the wid. The wid. He he's, he did a w i d w i d and the the legendary wid, and he does um he did the he did the fit one time. He was on my show on the on the one man show when I used to do that the one time, and he literally has these just crates that look like garbage junk. And it's like old toys and just different things, and he just uses it and throws it around, and it's amazing. And he's you should get him on the podcast. He's 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 unreal. Right after Bobby McFerrin, yes, Bobby McFerrin and the Wid together. <laughs> I would not doubt that he, I would not doubt the fact that he he doesn't know Bobby McFerrin. I, I bet you they know each other. He has a story, and I don't want to take the Wid story. <laughs> take but the, it. the Wid knows everybody, and one time the Wid back, knows all. He does. He's legendary. And one time back in the seventies, <laughs> I guess it was. And he was like, I mean, he was probably in his teens or his 20s or whatever, just getting started. And somehow he was backstage at a James Taylor concert. And Carly Simon, his then sure. wife, yeah. was standing side stage right next to the wind and holding her, like, infant, like, son or daughter, I don't know what it was, but, like, standing there watching it. And the wind's just standing there next to Carly Simon watching James Taylor. And Taylor calls Carly Simon up on stage to sing a duet. So she's like, here, can you hold my baby? So the wind is holding Carly Simon's baby while she's singing a duet with James Taylor. And that baby turned out to be... To be? Dick Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how one of those stories would go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I wish. I love the, I love the wind already. I just love he, the, the lore of the wind. It's, it's amazing. He's, just, he's got a story for everything. And the L-O-R-E of the wind. The lore, yes. Yeah. Well, Not maybe like, the L-U-R-E of the wind, too. Yeah, he does bring in. Or the, <laughs> or the Peter lore. lore. <laughs> yeah. Peter Laura. Peter Laura. Is that, oh, you dirty rat. Is that who that is? Oh, uh, that's Edward G. Robinson. Who's Peter Laura? Uh, Peter Laura is... Uh, uh, He's the guy with the crazy oh, eyes. Hey, that's, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yes. that's that's not the legend. Crazy really. eyes, different guy. Crazy eyes. He's yeah. like he's like the black and white Steve Buscemi. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the wid, the yeah. legendary. Wid. I, I I almost want one of my not to be real because I just love the. I want to go to. I want to hear other comics talk about the wid. And he and never, never actually, actually shows yeah, up. He's never. like Tony Clifton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but he's very real and uh, and hysterical. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned your one man show. Yes. Uh... How did those come about? How did you start doing those? Because you've done you've done them quite a bit, right? Yes, or at least I, a few. I did it for a couple of years, and I, I gave up. I'm, I want. I, I, now I'm getting the itch to come back again to do it again. <laughs> but I, uh, um, to the Godfather of Philadelphia comedy, as I like the Godfather of Philadelphia alternative comedy, Mr. Don Montre. He's uh, 
I'll insert he, a uh, an applause. If you if you could <laughs> if you could do that, he he appreciates that. Because you left a nice pause in there. Yes. For me to... <laughs> uh, Don is. Uh, do you remember Die After Die? Were you around for, no, for those I years? No. Nope. Don did this show called Die After Die at the Kyber on Monday nights. There's like one one Monday a month, and you know before <coughs> it used to be you know stand up over here, sketch over here, and improv over here. And, Never the Twain Shaw Meet. Yeah. And it was the first show where I, I heard about this guy, Don, he's doing, he's like, oh, there's a couple of stand-up acts, a couple of, couple of uh, you know, sketch people. And I was like, that's never going to work. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. You know, that, and I had, he had me on the show, and it was gr- I was like, this is one of the most fun times I've ever had. And I did it a couple times, and then I hosted for him. He, he wanted to give it up for, like, two or three months, so I, I, I kind of stepped in. And then uh, he wanted to give it up for good, so he kind of handed the show off to me. And I just he he didn't want it to be called Director Die because that was kind of over. Right. So I just called it Chip Chantry's One Man Show with special guests, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was kind of me and Johnny Goodtimes sort of partnered on that. And uh, I kind of kept the same basic format, just comedy variety show, and did it the, the, the Kyber for a year or two, and then moved it over to the Fit, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we did the Fit for a while, and then um, it was great. It was, it was so much fun. I, I had a great time, and then. I got kind of burnt out because I was doing my FaceTime show at Helium. Simult- I don't know. I was re- crazy. I, I was doing two of my own monthly shows by myself with, like, no other right. Like, Johnny Health was <coughs> one. But, like, that was – I did the other one, like, totally by myself. And I was working full-time. I was completely burnt out. And so I just gave them both up. And then I handed the one-man show off to James Heskey. So okay. now he does the monthly hour. Monthly hour. Which okay. used to be – the one man show, which used to be Die Actor Die. Okay. So, uh, and this Die, it's Die Actor Die, right? Die Actor Die. Actor die. Like that was one of the first uh, shows you're saying to kind of bring together the different. As far arts. as I know, as yeah. far as I remember, I, I mean, yeah. I only knew, I only knew stand up people, sure. and then all of a sudden these these secret pant people, yeah, and these this Meg and this Rob, <laughs> and uh, characters, yeah, Six Burrow. Was I think those were like the big three. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, but but then like all of a sudden it's like we got to know these people, yeah. and then yeah, I met some of the, um, uh, you know, uh, Don and Dave Jadico, and uh, who else? You know, like a few of those guys sure. that were doing it, which was great. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, there was you. How long have you been in the scene? 2009, the end of 2009. Do you remember Rowan and Hastings? Nope. That was like my favorite, speaking of weird acts, that was my favorite thing. It if sounds it, like it would be. Go out and I'm talking to the people listening right now. Go to YouTube if they're still there on the YouTubes and listen to Rowan and Hastings. It was, and uh, it was Nate, Nathaniel? Uh, I, I can't remember their names right now. It, it's awful. But it was two guys and they did like, kind of like, they made up their own songs. Like they rapped and did songs okay. and it was it was the most hysterical thing, like, ever. Yeah, they, they were amazing. And then they just kind of went their own separate ways. I think one of them moved up to, like, State College. And it was... They were amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it through doing these shows, like the One Man uh, and Die After Die, that you got inter- interested in doing sketch stuff? Because you do that yeah. now as well. Yeah, I always I always loved, you know, as we talked about, like, Saturday Night Live, right. Kids in the Hall, sure. The State. And... Um, so yeah, so that got me into the sort of like into that scene, and 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 uh, there was a nice kind of crossover of it was like me and Doogie and and Aaron Herzog and and Kent Haynes at the time and Brendan Kennedy who kind of got in with uh, Megan Rob and Secret Francis. So we just you couldn't help but be influenced by them, yeah. and then 
uh, oh, and then Greg Gethard also did uh, the, the bedtime, bedtime stories, yeah. which that was another big. It was really dark and dark bedtime stories, which really brought those people together. And he was like, "Hey, do you want to do a sketch?" And I was like, "I never did one, but I always wanted to." So like that kind of got me, got my feet wet. And uh, what was that sketch? The first one we did. Oh, it was me and Johnny Good Times, and and we were. I still gotta find a way to bring it back. We. As a teacher, they were the school was throwing out the old film strip projectors. Mm-hmm. So I took one of them that they were throwing out, and a, like a bag full of like eighty film film strip rolls. And so we found one. the The, the theme for the month was <coughs> American history, and we did. Uh, I found one on Pennsylvania history. I found a film strip. So what we did was we showed the film strip, but we reworked the audio where we we spoke. And, of course, you know, we just made it ridiculous. And it was one of the most scared I've ever been because, like, I didn't even have to perform. All I had to do was yeah. push the button. And it was the first time with the Shubin, too, which was just scary because it's so tiny yeah. and it's packed with people. Yeah. And I had to sit there with the film projector and, like, push. And we literally recorded it on a cassette tape. And, like, I had to, like, forward the, you know, push the button and forward the thing. And I so I had to sit there in the audience. to And, like, if they didn't laugh, it was just ten minutes of... Oh, awfulness and it actually ended up going all right so that was my first kind of you know well then we did um i felt like i always like walked the outside of sketch uh somehow johnny good times got a deal with the the uh trocadero where they do movie mondays you know they do movie mondays okay. the truck and up in the balcony uh before the movies we they're like we want to entertain them from 8 to eight thirty because it starts at 8 but the, the movie doesn't start until eight thirty. they want them up there drinking so they're like, put on a show. So we're like, well, what kind of show we did? So Johnny and I came up with this idea for a game show called The Wheel of Terrific. And we constructed the wheel, and it wasn't a wheel at all. It was just like one of those, uh, really like the, the, the tri-fold cardboard, like uh, science fair yeah. project. We went, opened it up and kind of made like a Jeopardy board out of it. But that was the wheel. We called it the wheel. <laughs> and we just did ridiculous... Like, there was, like, nine games they would play, and somebody would get somebody from the audience, they would come up, they would pick one of the games, and then it was always something, like, kind of like a physical challenge, but, and it usually had to do with whatever the movie was that, that month, or that week, and it was just, it was just ridiculous, and over the top, and it was for a bunch of, like, disinterested hipsters. Yeah. So it either went like gangbusters because they would be on board, or it just went horribly wrong. And most of the time, it went horribly wrong, and we would just walk home every week with our tail between our legs. Nice. But we got up there, and and it was it was fun. Uh, and where did uh, your sketch interest kind of go from from there? Because I, I know that you've done you're not you're not in bird text, or you are. Yeah, we we, we work on a lot of stuff together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a lone wolf, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Let me get let's yeah, get, one, let's get one thing straight. Yeah. All right. <laughs> No, uh, no, I work with those guys a lot. We, 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 we do a lot of stuff together, me and John and Tommy and uh, Luke Cunningham, who's very funny. Um, what, was one of the, what was the first thing you did with them? The first big thing was last year when we did uh, Deck the Hall and Oats. Yeah. That, was, that was like the big crowning achievement. Yeah. Uh, I did a couple things before that, we, and then we did the Pat Burrell video after that. And then, you know, we've written some other, we have some other things on the side that we've been working on, too. The uh, Deck the Hall and Oats one... Uh, did that get any kind of national it did. attention? It was crazy. Um, we uh, go to YouTube, people, watch Deck Dollar Notes. 
we rec- we actually I think it was a year ago today. It was the nineteenth, I think. If today's the nineteenth. On a night just like tonight. On a night <laughs> just like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, I just wrote something about Large March going the down this very same, same road, road. <laughs> and it looked like this. Oh, I, I love that movie. Um, but it was this night, uh, to, and we we fu- I had the idea. We shot it, but we were kind of dragging our feet with it. It took a while to shoot. We had to reshoot it, and John had to edit it. And then finally, I, I even said, I was like, let's just not put it out because it's December 19th. Why would we put it out a week before Christmas? Nobody's going to see it. It's going to be too late. Yeah. And we're like, I just put it out. And within like three days, it got like almost like, I think like 30,000 views. Jeez. And um, like uh, all the radio stations were like playing it, like Preston Steve was playing it. Uh, um VH1.com called it one of the best song parodies of the year. Like, which was, r- was ridiculous. And, like, I was getting, like, phone calls at school, like, all day. People were like, hey, can we interview you about this? I'm like, what are you? It just, like, it just popped. It was, I was a celebrity for 48 hours. It was nice. Great. Yeah. Uh, did, and again, you can say, none of my business. Yes. Uh, which probably is. Probably, probably none is. of your business. I know that it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did any money come your way from that? No, because we were idiots. Oh. And here's why we were idiots. And this is none of your business, but I'm going to tell you anyway, Michael. <laughs> we, uh, actually, what we, because we just put it out there, and um, we, uh, all of a sudden it got like 30,000 views, and then within like two weeks it was like 50,000 views. And then, of course, like once January kind of hit, you know, Christmas is over, so right. people aren't watching sure. this. So it's kind of stagnant. And uh, we actually did put, um, we put an advertisement with it this time around. And this year, and like we re- Launched it, you know, the same, you know, same video, but we relaunched it this year. And it's got a couple thousand views, but nothing. Yeah. If we we would have started from the beginning, we would have made a a couple bucks from it. adding an advertisement from another, like a third-party company or something? Yeah, like the Google, I don't know how any of it works, I didn't do it, but but it's like... Based on clicks and... Based on clicks, yeah, you have a nipple for every, something something to that effect. Okay. Yeah. So it did well. It did well, yeah. And then, um, you know, it gave us the opportunity to, like, like, a few people wanted us to, like... You know, you know, talk. You know, talk to some. You know, like different. You know, TV stations and you know some some networks about like, oh, we really like this. They like the Pat Pearl video. So you know, so there's so yeah. thing, good things have come from it. Where like we've had some other opportunities that we're still kind of working on right now. That mm-hmm. you know, you never know if anything pans out or not. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are none of my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the the next one was. The, the Pat Barrow one? That was one of the next ones, yeah, that I was involved that with. That you were involved too. in. Yeah. That's all we're concerned about here. It's just me. I mean, it's me. Yeah. I mean, seriously, who, the, who are these people? No. You gotta look out for number one, Michael. That's, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if, I, if I can teach you anything tonight, it's look out for number one. I'm Write writing, that down. I'm writing it down. Yes. Right. Number one. Yes. All right. Uh, so, Pat Barrow, that also got some attention. Yeah, Sports Illustrated picked it up and you know, a bunch of that. So that got a lot of attention, which which was great too. So What did you what was your role in that? I helped write a little bit of it. It was I want to say it was I forget whose idea, if it was John or Luke's, whoever's idea it was, you know, they came up with it and then I kind of helped write some of the jokes and you know, we wrote some of it and then I just had a little part in it. I was the one uh, that held the cat. His name was Cat Burl. Cat Burl. Yeah. Which was one of my jokes. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so that was uh, so that was me. So like the whole notes thing, that was really like my like I wrote all the songs. I yeah. really, like that was my thing, and the, the other the other things we worked on were, you know, more. I just kind of, you know, I just kind of helped write some jokes or or whatever. But yeah. you know, it's their their baby. So, it, but it's neat because we each get a chance to like. If I have an idea, I'll be like, all right, let's do this, and we all jump in and do that. Yeah, yeah. And then and then I'm doing the stuff with Carl Bacuti. This yes, we're, we're, Carl of Dog Mountain. 
Yes. Oh, <laughs> Doug. Which also has. Are you in Dog Mountain? Yes. Mike Marble. I am. Who, okay. Can you? Okay. Because this is. I, I thought it was a band for a while. Like there was a lot of buzz about Dog Mountain going around. I was like, who the fuck is Dog Mountain? I was like, this is they. Like they sound like they like. Dog Mountain sounds like they would open for Wilco. Like, yeah. if Wilco played a small show, like, or, let's, like, let's say Wilco decided, like, we're just going to play the TLA tonight. Dog Mountain's Dog open Mountain's for us. Third were, town. Yeah. Yeah. There would definitely be some sort of, like, maybe, like, a little bit of a psychedelic light show, but, like, old school, and there would be a harmonica player. That's how Dog Mountain, that's how I pictured Dog Mountain. I mean, is yeah. it, am I close? I don't think so. Uh... As far as I know, you're you're just asking about the name itself. Well, no. So tell me more about Dog Mountain. Oh, wait, you, you have no Carl... idea what Dog Mountain is. I mean, you're you're one of the house sketch teams. Is yes, this right. Okay, that is correct. I feel like I'm interviewing now. Uh, like the this. tables have I, turned. Uh, the table has turned. I'm Mike Marbach. I'm here with Mike Marbach here, uh, getting close with Chip Chantry. And uh, so it was one of the house teams, right? Is one of the house teams. Yep, yeah. is one of the house teams. Because I saw one of them, and I don't think it was. I saw one during... During Fringe? During Fringe. That was Flat Earth. Was that Flat Earth? Okay. That was Flat Earth. Yeah, and Carl was... Carl, no, Jim Grammond was in that. Was yes, Jim that is Flat correct. Earth? It was very funny. And I heard Flat <laughs> Earth is horrible compared to Dog Mountain. I heard Dog Mountain is <laughs> the greatest, greatest. No, but uh, they, that was like a really, really funny show. And I haven't seen Dog Mountain yet. So, so but it's the same kind of thing as Flat Earth. Yep. Is that right? So the house... Yep. You guys were all just kind of thrown in together? Yep. Like the breakfast... You're like the breakfast club of the Philly sketch community. Yes. Yeah. And Carl would be the... Um, Oh, what's his name? Judd Nelson. Yeah, he would definitely be Judd Nelson. Yeah, and you'd be like a, I see like Allie a Molly, Sheedy. like a, yeah, Molly Ringwald, <laughs> but with an with an edge. That's what I'm thinking. So who else is in Dog Mountain? So it's you and Carl. I'm more Ducky. Um, or was he? Ducky. No, that's Pretty in Pink, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's all John. Anything John used uh, is. I've just embarrassed myself. My own podcast. I just wanted to. Yeah, but I got something. What did I get wrong? I got something wrong. Uh, and it wasn't Some, something wasn't with the, the wid the Dog Mountain thing. Yeah, I forget what it was. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Did I just hear Christmas bells? I think you did. I, I kinda like that. that I think nice. our, yeah, our our time is up. Uh no the By the uh, way, can I tell you oh this literally happened to me. A funny thing happened when I was on over here. I swear to God, uh, this actually did happen. Have you been to Underdogs? Do you know Underdogs? Yeah. The Tata Place on seventeenth mm-hmm. with it, the fists? Yes, with fists. Uh my buddy is one of the owners of that. My buddy Bob is is and, and great Bobby guy. Bobby McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> he sings, he does he does he makes hot dogs. It's amazing. It's all off. He makes the hot dogs, everything's acapella. Uh <laughs> Uh, but my buddy Bob is, uh, so I, so I stopped in today on my way over here, uh, to get it, to get a delicious <coughs> underdog and, um, underdog sponsor, sponsor by underdog. Getting close yeah. Podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. Our You're going to get a year's supply of free hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. A good friend, <laughs> turtle wax. And, uh, and, uh, so I'm sitting there and it was, it was me and there was these like two foreign guys. You could tell didn't speak English and, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. No. And. We were the only ones in the in the place, and uh, so I'm eating it. And he always has he always has great music. Where he the, the music is always good at any restaurant. He's had a few restaurants before, and the music the soundtrack is always good. And uh, Pink Floyd's "Time" came on, the song "Time" sure. with all of the alarms and bells yeah. and clocks going off right yeah. at the beginning. And the one that starts off the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. With when she opens up the door yeah, to yeah. Oz and ching, ching. Yeah. oh no, that's money. Um, when does time? Go? Oh, it's when uh, you see the Wicked Witch. I think the first time. Yeah, boom. Uh, something like that. So and all the the bells go off and it's all like the clattering and the. Um, uh, can I use the word cacophony? Does that, does that uh, work? Several times if you have to. Does that? I think I think yeah, I use we it. Got, we got a three cacophony limit. All right. Good. I hope I use the word cacophony uh, correctly. But it was just clattering of noise. You know, that's the the bells at the beginning, 
And these two guys at Underdogs flipped out because they had no <laughs> idea. And they're like looking around, like, and I just just eat my hot dog. And they were, uh, that was a big setup for not a big payoff. But if you were there, no, uh, Mike, I, it was I don't think that really that's, fun. I think the payoff was just fine. Um, but I don't think them not speaking English had anything to do with that because I think non speaking countries have clocks. and They whatnot. do have clocks. Uh, uh, some of them have sundials. I've I seen think that. you may have I learned seen that. aliens, is what I'm getting at. It could have been. It could have been. They were. <laughs> They they didn't have clocks or sundials. Remember when Fred Flintstone had a he had a sundial watch? Did he? Yeah, he had a sundial watch, but like he'd always have to be facing north. Yeah, say, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, how the hell does he know where north is? Right. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I, I and part of my language, but Fred Flintstone did not know shit about directions. No, no, it was awful with him. And he sure as hell wouldn't ask Wilma. No, God no. <laughs> so you're doing stuff with Carl? Yes. Dog Mountain's Carl. Who? Yeah. Okay. So Dog Mountain is you and Carl. <laughs> Is it just, it's just the two of you. You're like the Fico brothers. Uh, kind of, yes. Kind of. Okay. With less success. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Dog Mountain is uh, a bunch of people, uh, just like the other, just like Flat Earth. We just had a show that ran for uh, two weeks, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. No, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, just a couple okay. weeks ago. How did they go? Uh, they went well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, been out of town or I want to see. Is Joseph Moore involved with this? Yes, he is okay. one of the writers. All right, okay, good. Yep. So... Joe Moore. Are you a writer, performer, both? I, this time, I was just a performer. Okay. Uh, next time around, I am looking to be a writer, right. performer. Yeah. Uh, what I, was Carl doing? Is he pulling his weight on both? Or is he... No, he was quite sandbagging every, you know, any effort that anybody was, was would have. No, Carl was great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure he'll write some stuff. And I, I did a thing, I wasn't sure if, uh, what is the name of the thing you're doing with him? Specific Johns. Yes, I at the last theme show. Yes, I was. I was a sit-in. I understand you were, and I appreciate you were there. I, I yeah. couldn't make it. Yes, so uh, and I heard it went gangbusters. It did. It yes. was. It was pretty fun. Creepy uncle. Something about creepy uncles. Yes. Yes. Uh, completely creepy uncles. Awesome. It was all creepy uncles. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. So you're what, what you're doing? Specific Johns with with him. How did you two come to? Um, Timory, his wife, the lovely Timory Lee. She, um, I knew her first because she used to come out to comedy shows all the time, and so I'd see her. I met her, and then uh, she came to one of my a party that I had like a couple years ago, and she brought her boyfriend along. I was like, oh, "Who's this guy?" And we hit it off, and we ended up we, we realized we liked the same. We we're going to the same concert, or we're like, I had an extra ticket, and and we started going to concerts together because we liked the same music. And then we just uh, we're like, "Hey, we should uh, we should make jokes." And that's what we did. And then we just started doing... Um, I, I was in a, a, a sketch show called Pop with him. He was in a sketch show a couple years ago called Pop. And I like filled in and wrote some sketches for it one time. And we did it. It was a lot of fun. So we were looking for something else to do. Mm-hmm. So then we... Uh, we've uh, Yeah. So we just started doing, um, doing some shows. We've been trying to get together like a regular show. But it's just... Yeah. It's so hard to get everything you know doing that. So we, we, we've just been focusing on like let's just do... Our sketches now. I mean, really hone some sketches and see what happens. So it's fun. I, yeah. I love it. It's like it's like play practice again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I lost where I wanted to go here. Uh, oh, you mentioned another show. You were doing a uh, another one person thing. Facetime. Facetime. That was yeah. Facetime. I used to do that, um, and that's the one I really wanted. I, I I had so much fun with that. Um, that was at Helium. Helium, wonderful Helium Comedy Club. Uh, I had a monthly show Tuesdays, uh, one Tuesday a month, and it was a it was a late night format show. Okay. So um, 
And I, I have to admit, for, for better or worse, I did basically everything myself, which was like way too much. I, I way over my head. But it was, it was some of the hardest I worked, but it was most fun. I did, um, I would come out and do a monologue. Uh, I had guests. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so I would have like you know, a couple of stand-up comedians. They would come out perform, and then I would interview them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amir Galan, the very funny Amir, was my because he, he's he does stand up and he plays the accordion, so he was my sidekick and house band. Okay. Um, and then uh, the thing that I was really that I, that I really drew me to it was that I decided to to do the news. So I did like a weekend update thing where yes. I had like the news desk. I did the jokes, and I had like the screen behind yeah. me, like with the visuals. And that's really that's like my wheelhouse. Like that's what I love doing most is like writing like monologue jokes and yeah. topical jokes. And that's something I'm really trying to get my name out there for to, to, to really try to, you know, to, you know, I mean, that's, that's like my goal, like write for like a late night show. Get you to write for the next Here's Johnny. Yes. Uh, do you know, are you aware of the show I do? Yes. Occasionally. I, I, and tell me a little bit more about it because I know you've done, I know you've done <laughs> Here's Johnny. It's, 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 it's Johnny. basically a remounting of The Tonight Show with yeah. Johnny Carson. Yeah. Uh, and who's your second monologue? Uh, Bert Archer uh, okay. from Asteroid. Yes, plays plays Ed. Okay, you know the time displaced. It's yeah. just basically them doing their show in 2012. Definitely, I, I you just you just hired me. Just do you see how Done. well this job interview went? See, I, it went. I told you to be a yeah. job interview, and I told you I would get the job, and you did. You were hired, my man. <laughs> well, this has been great. Yes. Uh, no, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, no, definitely. I I love doing topical jokes, and I love like that's my favorite thing. Then that's that kind of dovetails with Twitter too, because I love yeah. Twitter. It's just set up punchline, topical jokes, and uh, it's 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 the one area where I really feel confident, like stand up or sketch <clears throat> or whatever. I'm always trying to fight my way through it, but like I really love doing topical jokes, and uh, um, yeah. So that was like FaceTime was like my opportunity to just like showcase all that, and yeah. it was just I. I just I was trying to get all, and then I had to promote it too and get audiences out there, and that's yeah. you know you know, you know that it's racket. It's the worst, and uh, so I was doing that plus the one man show, plus stand up, plus a full time job, and it's, I was in the military for a number of years. I, I can't I can't speak about it, but uh, <laughs> many many missions that 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 I can't. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to stop the interview right here. But uh, no, but I was just I just burnt myself out and. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that, that was my that was maybe my favorite that and the one man show were like my favorite things. Okay, uh, <coughs> speaking of Twitter, you mentioned Twitter mm-hmm. uh, this year. You're nominated for outstanding. What is it? Outstanding. Outstanding. Is it contributions like in the field of tweeting? Something outstanding. outstanding achievement. Achievement in the field in the of field tweeting. tweeting. That is. Yes. That is actually, and I, I uh, everybody should vote for me because that is the one. <laughs> That uh, like I would really like to to win that one. Like that would be uh, over best stand up. Yes, I won best stand up last year. You did. You, yes. Look look at me. Look how yeah. amazing I am. And best host. And best host. Can yeah. You, can you imagine? How do you? Jeez. Where did you put all these awards? I do. You I, have a mantle. Yes, I, I have. I, I I need like more. Man, I I win a lot of awards. Like <laughs> let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. I win most awards that come along my way. I won the Jeopardy Championship in fifth grade in 1987 Eagle Elementary School. That's a mental right. piece in itself. Seven, out of 72 kids in fifth grade, I won. And then I won uh, about, you know, roughly about 25 years later, I win Best Stand-Up Comedian. Yeah. So that's two major awards right Did there. you really win like a, a Jeopardy thing? I did. Yeah, we had uh, Mr. Stevenson, my fifth grade teacher. Every Friday, there was three kids out of the whole, all three classes would come together and there would be three kids, and he did a Jeopardy thing. And at the end of the year, whoever had like the highest scores, he had a little tournament, 
and uh, I won the, the entire uh, the entire fifth grade. Do you remember the like winning question? I do. How sad <laughs> is that? Um, it's not sad. From what I remember, the winning question was, uh, uh, "What was what's the first state? Uh, what's the first state alphabetically?" Do you know what it is, Michael? Uh, I was gonna say Alaska. Nope. It's no. very close. A lot of people think Alaska. Alabama. Alabama. B. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, actually, you know what? I think that, that got me into the, the finals. And then the finals question, here's, here's what it was. Here's how badass I was. It was, what's the name, what's the the first animal alphabetically, like of all the common animals? And I put alligator. Aardvark. It was aardvark. Yeah. But I was so far ahead, I didn't bet any money, and, <laughs> and, I, uh, and I still won. And I got a trophy. And my dad... Because my dad's an idiot. So, uh, he sent away to Alex Trebek to Jeopardy to see if th- they, he could get some signed headshots of Alex Trebek. And so, like, Alex Trebek wrote, congratulations to whatever, and, like, sent, like, five copies. And, like, all the finalists and Mr. Stevenson got uh, was this signed photos. mustached or non-mustached? This was, this was mustached. This okay. was back in 87. Oh, like, wow. It was, like, that's when, like... He wasn't even distinguished because of his mustache. That's when everybody had mustaches because it was 1987 and it was awesome. He basically led Burt Reynolds. Do you know, Michael, do you know what the number one top grossing movie of 1987 was? I I just read this yesterday. 1987. It blew blew my mind. I was 10 years old. The the number one, you're going to be so disappointed when you hear this. Like, what were we doing in 1987? We had... Apparently, had nothing else to do. Where everybody apparently went and saw this movie. Nineteen eighty-seven. Let's. Uh, I'll give you a not couple. Monster Squad. No. Top Gun. No, I, th- I want to say that was eighty-five, eighty-six. It was a comedy, which usually you don't. See, so, yeah, um, it was a comedy. Another forty-eight hours. No. Um, <laughs> I want to give it away. Oh, there's there's a mystery surrounding this movie. Not a mystery, but there's a there's like a thing where people go back and watch the movie. Three men and a lady. Three, Three men, men and a baby. baby. Yeah. Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how how can that be the top grossing movie? Because all it is, is... How? I'll tell you how. It's I'll give you three reasons. Tom Selleck, um, and two other ones. Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a recipe for success. Yeah. It, it, and it, a baby. And, and plus, <laughs> let's just throw a baby in. By the way, and I'm thinking about that because The Hangover was ba- is basically Three Men and a Baby. But like... Without the ghost. Without the ghost. That we know of right now. We used to rent that... Did it all the time just to see the ghost, and we used to get freaked out every time. Uh, are you familiar with like the story of that? I, I wonder, was, was it like a, a poster? Is that what it was? That's the that's what they're saying. Okay, that's the uh, the cover up. Let's get the bottom uh, of this right now, Michael. <laughs> For anybody just that is stop the podcast, let's erase <laughs> three minute of baby. Okay, getting close with Tim <coughs> Gutenberg. Okay, anybody that's unfamiliar, uh, if you watch, and you probably YouTube, there's probably a YouTube clip of that specifically. Yes. Uh, oh, there is. I and trust me, I've, yeah, I've seen okay. it many times. Uh, you can go to YouTube, type in three men and a baby ghost." Mm-hmm. I'm sure, and you see like something behind a curtain. Uh, who some people believe is uh, a dead child. Yes. Um, and then other people who have more intimate knowledge of the film believe it to be a stand-in, stand-up. Yes. Of I think Ted Danson or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because he was like a actor and pitchman or something. So. Yeah, what do you think? I, I, of course we were told, because we, we were experts. I was 10 or 11 when it was on video, and there was a, basically there was a, a, a child who, who, was, who was murdered in that, that, that very apartment 
and it was coming back to, and I mean, so, you know, because, you know, of course, my, my brother's friend, Zach's uncle, knows all of this. Yeah, sure. You know, of course, he is, and that's what he told us. Yeah. So, um, it was, uh, it was, like, one of the scariest things that, um, that I, like, it was just, that, like, Hollywood kind of, like, weird folklore, and I just used the word lore again. Yeah. Which, we're going to bring L-O-R-E. that up. L-O-R-E. Yeah, I still haven't used either of the other cacophonies yet, but I'm going <laughs> to reserve those for later. But they, um, yeah, it was, uh, They don't have to be used today, by the way. Okay, so just yeah. In, so if you're in the podcast later on, yeah. I could spice it in. All right, yeah. good. Um, but yeah, like I used to love that stuff where it's like, oh, um, which like uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, the little girl died making Poltergeist three. Yeah, and it wasn't actually her at the end of the movie. They're holding another child <laughs> with blonde hair, and uh, that stuff used to fascinate me. I used yeah. to think it was like, the, I mean, it's so morbid, but I, I used to just love that stuff. No, I love all that ghost ghost things. Do you watch any of those? Oh things? my god, Mike, what is that? Do you, what, oh, what was what, that? What was uh, that over there? Uh, did, you, did you did you see that? No, but I, I swear to God, that was is Don Montre here. I smell sulfur. Is that Don Montre? Was that? <laughs> did you, I think the ghost of Don Montre just walked through here. This is the this this is Mike. It just got cold in here. I, I it did. I'm I'm freezing. I, I, I Mike. I don't want to say this, but I think you might be the first podcast ever to be haunted by a ghost. People are going to listen to this podcast. Not the last. This is going to go on like Spotify, just this <laughs> clip right here. They're going to be like, that's it, that's the part where... Just type in getting close, get, ghost. Getting close, ghost. <laughs> getting close, close. <laughs> Don't say it, but you, you, that, that would be amazing. <coughs> oh, um, The Wizard of Oz. Did you ever see the munchkin hanging himself in The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. There, yeah. There's that. Uh, then you which is also like the second mention of Wizard of Oz in this podcast. What was the first one? Talking about uh, Pink Floyd. Yes, that's right. Every, we're just repeating ourselves <sighs> over and over, all thanks to your thesis statement at the beginning. Yeah. Just I, setting I, everything up. I really did. I think I, I think I laid it out, and then you just you keep coming back to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you'd rather win Tweeter. Tweeter. Over Best Stand-Up because you've already covered... I've been, I've been there, done, been that, there done that, I've seen. I've climbed that mountain, and it's lonely at the top. No, but that's why... <laughs> now, I... And, you know, awards are awards. Uh, right. And, and I'm... It's... it's it's cliche. It's an honor to be nominated. Sure, but that's I love. Like I would. Now we're gonna come back again. I was talking about the class. You know, it's there's awesome. writing and performing, and I like. I consider myself much more of a writer, or at least I like to think that. Like I pride myself more as a writer. I'm. Right. I feel like I'm a better writer than I am performer, and I think that's where my strengths are. So like, Twitter is like that's like a writing award, even mm-hmm. though it's just Twitter. It's stupid little jokes, but it's like that's <coughs> what I. Uh, like doing so, I would take uh, much pride in winning. Would you ever write for somebody else's stand-up? Do people do that anymore? I think to a certain extent it happens. Yeah. I've been t- I've been told. Uh, actually, no. You know what? No, I know. I and and I, I don't want to name any names, but I I have I know a guy who who's up in New York now who's who's a little bit bigger, and he writes for uh, another stand-up comedian that I am also not going to name, who is who is also not very well respected. Uh, by even though it makes millions and millions and millions of dollars by a certain portion of the community, uh, and he actually writes some of his jokes, so it does happen. Oh, okay. I would take any honestly. I would take any writing job that came along my way. I think you know, um, you know, I would love, I would love to write for like a late night. I mean, that would be. I think yeah. my dream job would be when I was in eighth grade. I wrote an essay. My dream <coughs> job would be to write for Saturday Night Live, oh. and uh, like I think it would be like Saturday Night Live or like a. Like a late night kind of like Conan, Jimmy Fallon, like monologue jokes, weekend update type thing. Do you feel like you're kind of setting everything up for that? 
I hope so. I hope so. God, I hope so. You're making me rethink things now. Maybe I should just... Maybe I should throw in the towel. Maybe this, this is my last comedy venture is, ever. Just, is your this, audible suicide. Yes. Getting close to the end. <laughs> with Mike Marwa. Uh, I... Uh, I hope so. Like I, I, I'm trying to get like a portfolio together. I'm trying to get sketch. Like that's another reason I'm getting a sketch too. Is like to build that. It's like oh, yeah. I wrote this sketch. I wrote that sketch, and uh, that's I still have all of my, even though they're not topical anymore. But just like stacks of the jokes that I wrote for the for the FaceTime things. Just so just to keep them and to keep them. Uh, oh my God! It's the ghost. Ugh. Ghost of Mon. Ghost of Greg Mon. Hey guys. Hey. I hear. Did you hear that? Boo. Hey, hey guys. Boo. <laughs> Uh, what do you, uh... What do you? That's what, what, how, what, about, how about that? What do you, uh, I just was Ugh. so Philly right there for a second. What do you, what do you use? What do you use, You guys? just want to go get some water ice? What do you use, guys? Um, <clears throat> let me try that from the top. Let's, let's uh, stop again. What do you do to prepare yourself, uh, prepare like a packet? What's in the, like, what, 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 I, what would you put in the packet? I don't, I don't know, Mike. I don't know. It's... That's that's the thing that scares me. It's like I have, I'm like a. I'm gonna come up with a good metaphor here. Okay. Actually, a simile because I said like. Remember so you guys sue me. You got two I said like it's gonna be a simile, right? You got two cacophonies on the table. I don't care. It's I'm a. Uh, I feel like a young like I'm a, I, I just need my talent honed. I need somebody. to... T- I don't like being my own boss. I like people telling me like here's what you gotta do. Like Mike, if you had all the answers, and you're like Chip, this is what you gotta do. I would do it. I'd be turning it in at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah. I just said a.m. in the morning. I just could have just said tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, from what I understand, different networks, different different talk shows, different whatever, have different packets, and they want to see different things. Right. And um, I know, like, one of, if you can get an audition, like, one of the things you do is, like, if they, you know, they might just have you submit some jokes, maybe submit some sketches, sketch ideas, as well as some topical jokes and, <coughs> Anything else, if you wrote essays. Uh, and then what they'll do is kind of an audition. They'll have you, like, submit jokes every day for, like, a week or two. Where it's, like, f- you know, yeah. 50 jokes a day. You know, where it's, like, just churn it out. You know, you read the newspaper. You read the... Who reads newspapers anymore, Mike? Nobody knows. You go on, you go on CNN.com. Huffington Post. But you read that, and you come up, and you submit, like, literally, like, 50 jokes a day. You just bang it out and churn it yes. out. And, like, that's something that, like... Like, some people get, like, freaked out by that, but, like, I would be much more freaked out by it. It's like, all right, you got to go do improv for a little bit. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you say, put me in a little room and, like, write 50 jokes. I was like, all right, I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they're going to be brilliant, but I'm going to write 50 jokes. I can churn that out. And uh, um, so then if after the week they like those jokes, they might give you, you know, like a, you know, like a couple weeks shot at yeah. the... At the bigs, but yeah, that's that's the thing. I think like every show is kind of different with those packages. So, and that's what I'm trying to spend my time now, being diligent now that I have time to really try to get like a packet like that together. How much time do you have left in the year? When did when did this start? Uh, it started, you know, I finished in June. Okay, you know, so I had my summer off, and then you know, I didn't go back in September, and uh, I don't go back technically until next September. So I have to make something happen between now and September. So I have what <laughs> nine months? Nine Each, months. Here's what itch. I got to do. I get a girl pregnant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hear me out. I'm listening. Hear me out. Okay. I get a girl pregnant. I get a couple girls pregnant. Listen, okay. Because you don't know. Right. You, you take the... Go you, away. In nine months from now, you take the strongest infant. And I know it's not popular. You put the infants in a... I'll construct a ring. 
out of like cardboard. Okay. Like an octagon. Sure. Strongest baby <coughs> wins out. That's the one I take on the road with me. I have nine months. <laughs> I can have just a a baby that can. It would just be my comedic skills and an infant that can take on two other infants and so be you Sally. and a baby. Me and a baby. Just one man. One man. One and man and a baby. baby. A one man show <laughs> called One Man and a Baby. Chip Chanters. One man how and sad. a baby. <laughs> how, how much sadder of a movie would that be if it was just Steve Gutenberg and a baby? Yeah. Like just, and he's just like, I don't know what to do. I'm tired. I need to sleep. My wife left me. And he's just sad and alone. And at that time, it, it probably still would have been at least the second highest. It would still be the though. second highest. Like, who yeah. framed Roger Rabbit? Because that was, that was Steve Gutenberg era. Oh, that was like yeah. he was the goo. That's like Police Academy two time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was big time. And um, what did they say? They sang a uh, "Good Night, Sweetheart." Was that what it was? Yep. Remember they sang and but like it would just be Gutenberg. Like they wouldn't have Ted dancing to do the bass. It would just he'd just be he'd be like singing "Good Night, Sweetheart," but he'd be crying at the end, and he's just alone. Hey, and he finally, was, the baby. He was adorable. Ah, he with was, that ever uh, receding hairline. It kept going. It just sure went did. back with and every back. film. And back, uh, it did. And I just saw him somewhat recently on something. It was like Entourage or Curbing Enthusiasm, one of those mm-hmm. HBO shows. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he just wrote a book. I think he was on a local radio. I don't know, President Steve or something. Um, where he, is, I think it was called the Gutenberg Bible, because because Oops. you know the guy who ran the Bible on this different yeah. Gutenberg. Um, and he wrote it. I think about like his just memoirs or his career, and like I think he's had a fairly lucrative. I mean, back in the eighties, of course, he banged it all out. Short circuit, short yes. circuit. Yeah, and then I think he's Giant made five. A, he's yeah, he's made a decent name for himself in like not name for himself, but like he's worked. I think in like kids' films, and mm-hmm. like he was in yep. a movie about a girl and a dolphin. You know, like that type of. <laughs> it's a girl and a dolphin and Steve Gutenberg. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you go wrong, Mike? Like seriously, yeah. you and I could sit here for the next forty-five minutes, and we could write us a ninety-minute script. Yeah. That if we had the elements of a dolphin, yeah, or a porpoise, sure, a, a little girl, some sort of finned, yeah, some sort of finned mammal, <laughs> a little girl, and Steve Gutenberg, you just mix that up, and no matter yeah. how it comes out, it's gonna be gold. They're just they're just throwing adorable things into like a lottery machine, yes. pulling them out, and yeah. and it's like Steve Gutenberg plus this thing and this thing. Yes, where did you grow up? I'm gonna change the subject. Philadelphia. Okay, what area? Northeast, northeast. Oh, northeast, you said, because Roosevelt Boulevard, Ben Salem-ish area, the Lincoln Motel. <laughs> I know. You know that place? That place scares me. Oh, boy, do I. Yes. Oh, boy, do I. Uh, Only because I rode the bus past there all the time, not for any nefarious reasons. Yes, well, of course. Uh, I um, yeah. I was obsessed with, and I mean, I guess the lottery is the lottery anywhere, but like Pennsylvania lottery, like the, uh, the little ping pong balls. Like when I was a kid, I just thought that, like... I wanted. I didn't even want to win the lottery. I just wanted the lottery machine yeah. in my house because it was like blowing all the balls up, and you pull up the things, and you know, my dad played the lottery all the time. I always wanted to be a witness. Yeah, someone that just stood there and watched the numbers get pulled. All you had to be was old. <laughs> yeah, that's all you had to be because it was just yeah. like, and, and they didn't know what was going on. It was like, yeah, it was a seven. And they, our they witnesses. I want to be the witness. Yes, El, Elmer Murphy. Of, uh, <laughs> Elmer Murphy of Phoenixville. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Have you ever done the back to the podcast? Back to the podcast now. Back to you. Once we've uh, won the lottery and written a hit <laughs> Steve movie, Gutenberg. sorry, Steve Gutenberg, and something and, adorable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have you ever done the uh, Philly's funniest? Have I? Bring that up, Michael. Jeez. 
I don't. Let, let yes. me let me let me just say I don't Mike, know Mike, anything Mike. coming into these podcasts. I know that's the beauty of it. You don't know my pain. <laughs> no, um, I have. I uh, I've done it every year and I've lost every year. So here's of how many years? Seven ish. I mean, we're we're talking a good part of a decade. Yeah. And and the worst part is I get like I'm definitely the Philadelphia sports team of. Philadelphia, uh, the, the Philly's funniest. I I am the running joke around helium that, like, I'm like the Susan Lucci. Like, I never yeah. win. Um, I usually get to the finals. I, I think every year but maybe, like, two, I've made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've come in third place a number of times. Uh, never cracked the top spot. Never won. Always got mm-hmm. close and never won it. Never pulled it off the end. It's an audience vote, right? It's the first round is audience vote. Okay. The second round and the third round, I think nowadays, they used to be different, but now they're judged. Okay. Now they're judges. So uh, they'll have judges, a panel of the judges in the back. And, uh, yeah, so uh, every year I get get that close. And I never win. And the, the biggest reward of winning is that you don't ever have to do it ever again. Because once you're done, oh, you're, you, you can't you're, just, you're just not in it. Okay. So, uh, so, so you, yeah. you have to keep doing it now uh-huh. until you get retired. I'm stuck into this vortex of... What was the closest that you got to winning? Third, I've come in third place a number of times. I know. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I always get party gifts. So I have like I have more Red Bull mirror like uh, you know like like bar mirrors. Yeah. Than uh, you could ever want in your entire life. Like the engraved Red Bulls stuff on them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what it is. We actually. I, I will tell you this. We. And I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I had a. I think it was a Red Bull light, like a like a plug in. You know, like a neon kind of thing, mm. and uh, my girlfriend put it, put it on Craigslist, and we, we we got some kid bought it for like eighty bucks. So basically, I it's none of I my ca- business. I kind I kind of won, but I got eighty bucks out of it. So. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? You got the last laugh. It was it was it was that, and my girlfriend literally found a dartboard in the trash, like that our neighbor was throwing out. It was like one of those nice, nice wooden ones, like almost looks like this. That you open up, there'd be a dartboard, but not that big. And she's like, this is kind of nice. I'm going to take it. And she took the dartboard and the Red Bull thing. And paired? Paired it together. A okay. package deal. Put it on the Craigslist or the, I think Craigslist. And some kid who was right out of college who lived in Maniunk was like, this is exactly what I need. Here's 80 of my dollars. It was amazing. Okay. So I was laughing all the way to the, I don't, you don't know who goes to banks anymore. Who goes to banks? Yeah. Nobody does. I was laughing all the way to wherever it was that I was going that day. Laughing all the way to the ATM. Oh, it was other errands that I had. Yeah. I was laughing on the way to get my hair cut. Yeah. Is that a ghost? It might be. I think it's a ghost. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> a very lethargic ghost. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's checking her cell phone. Yes. Um, I only have a, a few other quick things let's, let's, uh, that I want to cover. Let's see how we're doing. Oh, we're doing good. Um, this will probably be shorter than some of the others, but we've covered a, a lot of stuff. We have. I, yeah. I feel like we've grown. We have. There are a lot of law books in this room right now. I wish, can we point that out? Yes. There are a lot of law books in this room. Like it's, we're in a conference room right now on the seven, the, uh, the seventh floor of whatever building we're in. Where the, the great 1500 Walnut. 1500 Walnut. I feel like, like there's so many law books because I guess this is what, there's a lot of law, uh, Law firms, sure, that are on the same. Yeah, one. this might be all of the law books. This might be everyone. Yeah. Like I feel like if I pulled one of them down, the wall would spin, 
and Aaron Herzog would be like in a cave somewhere. <laughs> like you never actually went. To, Probably those to, neon books if you touch those. I think the oh, neon that's books, a little too obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's a little too obvious. It would just be off. But yeah. you just pull the book and like it flips around and it's just him eating peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> in a thing. And he's like, "Hey, everybody." <laughs> Because that's what he says. It is what he says. Uh, you have a show coming up on the 28th. Yes. With Brendan. No, actually, I can't do that show. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Bing Supernova, will be there. Though. <gasps> I am, unfortunately. That is correct. I have, uh, I have, you... I, I think I have, uh, I think I might have uh, acapella class or something that night, but. Um... That actually works out beautifully because, uh. What I, what I was going to say was um, usually where where he goes, uh, I tend not to be. Yes. Uh, which has just worked out that way. Yes. Uh, but the 28th, I will actually be, it's a show that I kind of produce, the sideshow. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing Bing. Yes. And Bing, also, you, haven't, you haven't seen Bing? I, no, no. It's, he and is also Fastball, Pitcher, Bob, you've ever, you've ever seen Fastball, Bob? No. One of my... There's like the wid, and then there's like fastball bomb. <laughs> like my two favorite things on the planet. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about Bing? Bing Supernova is a very funny comedian, good friend of mine. Uh, I don't call him a friend. He doesn't like me too much. He doesn't like many many people. But um, uh, I I always try to be a nice guy, or at least sure. I just, like it's like oh I'm gonna be a nice guy, but like I'm really evil kind of on the in- you know it's like it. And, like, I write this just, like, filth, not filthy, but just, like, dark, awful yeah. humor, stupid. And I just had this stockpile of jokes that I would ne- I was always too afraid to do on stage. Mm-hmm. So um, what I decided to do was um, I'll put on a I, – I went as Max Fisher from Rushmore uh, oh, right. Halloween sure. one year. And I had yeah. a beret and a, the glasses and the blazer and the tie. And so I was like, if I just put that outfit on – and go up, and I'll just say my name is. I went up as under Donovan McNabb, and at an open mic, and they announced that the, the host was like, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a real treat for you here, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Donovan McNabb." And like the play, the crowd at Helium, like they went went crazy because like oh, Donovan McNabb's here. Because this was like a couple years ago when Donovan McNabb was yeah. here in, in in the good graces. So people are like, "Oh my God, Donovan McNabb!" And here come I walk out in this goofy outfit, and I'm like, uh, "My name just happens to be Donovan McNabb." <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm legally uh, obligated to tell you that I am I'm in no way affiliated with the National Football League. And then I just did these awful jokes, or stupid jokes or whatever. So um, I did that, and then I went under the name, I think, Alan Iverson once. Sure. And uh, I think Santa Claus. I went as Santa They're like, ladies and gentlemen, Santa Claus. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not the Santa Claus that you're thinking of. Um, and I would just do these jokes. And it was so much fun because it was hiding behind this character and I could say these ridiculous things that I, I personally would never say on stage yeah. and it was the most fun I ever had and then um, and then all of a sudden um, Bing Supernova came along and stole all of those jokes typical Bing typical Bing and I've never I haven't performed since what were the what were some of those or maybe maybe one or one of your favorite jokes that he stole one of my favorite Bing jokes um Hmm. Wow. Gosh. Um, oh, um, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, oh no. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good uh, thing joke. Oh, uh, what has three thumbs and was not affected by a stroke? Myself and the left side of my uncle Mitch. Oh, there you go. That's that's what you're that's what you're dealing with. Or um, other jokes would be like being. Uh, Bing talks about having an acquaintance, uh, an Amish acquaintance named Jacob. 
Jacob's is his Jacob's least favorite musical group of all time is the Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> that's because one night at a party, Jeff Lynn fucked his wife. So all right, so, so that's that's Bing for you right there. I hope it, I hope he doesn't mind me telling some of his jokes, but uh, and uh, Bing, uh, yeah, Bing has uh, has a lot of fun. So he'll be on the show. And I believe... I don't want to give too much away, but Bing will be there, as will uh, Fastball Bob. Fastball Bob. Yes. You know, if we could somehow get the weed there... It'd be, it'd be amazing. Man, it'd be amazing. My night would be made. Yes. Uh, <coughs> you mentioned, and this is unrelated really to the podcast at all, uh, that you went under the name uh, Santa Claus Yes. at one point. Yes. And when you, when you said it, it, it sounded like you said Sandra Claus. Sandra Claus. Ooh. And then I was like, Sandra Claus... If that movie hasn't been made yet, it's got to it get made. Needs to be made like probably with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, like Steve, I like I feel like Steve Gutenberg, and like I think this would be a good vehicle to really get Lily Tomlin back in the oh yeah back in the spotlight. Yeah, it she's was, an aging uh, Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus, yeah, and she needs someone to replace her, and she finds Sandra Claus. Do you remember the Incredible Shrinking Woman? Yeah, that that's a that's a scary. Like I used yeah. to watch that as a child. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's like a it's a, it, like it starts out kind of lighthearted and silly, and it just gets it just gets dark. I was watching it. The, I was I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania, because my career was taken off, and I was in my hotel <laughs> at like three in the morning after a gig, and the Incredible Shrinking Woman was like the only thing on, and I was like, this is real. Like I used to be really afraid of this movie. Like I would keep watching it, but I would be really afraid. Yeah. There's um, a lot of uh, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with like 1970s. Actors and actresses who who were like more like character actors that I either didn't know, yeah. you know, because like they there was like right before I I was born or right before like I really knew, and I was wondering that there was always a comedic actress. Um, this is going nowhere, and it wasn't Ruth Buzzy, but it was like somewhere <laughs> along the lines of Ruth Buzzy, and uh, I think she just passed away uh, a couple years ago. But like I was obsessed with, with what that. was she in? Okay, this is this is one of the weirdest things, and I know she was in other things. We the have to continue with this. Do you remember the movie Freaky Friday? The original Jodie Foster, Freaky Friday. Okay. Uh, she played her um, very comedic, uh, I think it was field hockey coach. And it was just like, it was like one scene, but I, like I remember seeing that woman in like a bunch of other different movies, like okay. very, like, and maybe like some sitcoms too, and she was like very comic looking. If John Kessel was here, he would know exactly who it is because he knows everything about Hollywood. I don't know who you're talking about. Either way. But... I, I don't even know who I'm talking about. When when you describe her, it sounds like the woman who was like the principal in Kindergarten Cop, the real short woman. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like the scary one. Yeah. Was she in Austin Powers too? She might have been. No, this is this was like, this go the opposite way. She was like tall and almost like masculine looking, but like like masculine like like she was more like it was like she was very ladylike but it was like she looked like a gentleman wearing a big wig <laughs> like that type of that type of vibe we were going for like one of the people that would walk into uh, your open mic yes and you scream things yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would just yell yeah alright uh, do you have anything coming up other than uh, well you're not doing the show on the 28th I'm not doing the show on the 28th Bing Supernova will be there right um I am doing uh, tomorrow night. I'm, I'm, there's going to be a character that I'm going to be doing uh, uh, that I'm going to be working out tonight at Healing Comedy Club at the Open Mic. Uh, but I'm doing a spot on the Celebrity Awards tomorrow at uh, Johnny okay. Brenda's, and I'm doing a character called uh, Big Tim Cratchit. 
Big it's Tim Cratchit? Big Tim Cratchit. It's Tiny Tim all grown up. Right. Okay. And he's now a motivational speaker. <laughs> and his, uh, his catchphrase is, I still got a crutch, but I don't use it as a crutch. And, uh, and he's, he's a motivational speaker yeah. now. And uh, so, so I'm doing that tomorrow night at the Liberty Awards. And uh, Sunday night, I, on the 23rd, I'm hosting uh, the Secret Pants John, at also Johnny Brenda's uh, Christmas show at Johnny Brenda's, which I've hosted last... Uh, actually, last year, Big Tim Cratchit hosted it. It was his premiere. And the year before that, Bing Supernova hosted it. And uh, and the specific Johns are going to be on it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, so I'm excited about that. So that's, that's that. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. right. and then uh, New Year's Eve, me and Johnny Goodtimes and Carl Bacuti are uh, doing a 1920s-themed... Uh, New Year's Eve party. Uh, anybody, anybody's welcome to come. Michael, I'm extending the invitation if Carl has not already invited you. He hasn't. Uh, it's uh, Now, I don't want to say, I mean, this is not like from the goose of my heart, like, hey, Mike, come to my party because you're cool. you still got to pay. Uh, but it's we're Anybody tra- can come? Anybody that has the pay? money? Anybody can come. If you got money, you can come. Uh, it's, uh, we're doing it at somewhere, it's like 20th in Oregon, like South Philly. Carl lives down there. He's sure. he's one of the Italians. If you yeah, uh, he and uh, but it's like at a like kind of like a club catering hall type thing, and we have a 1920s band. People are going to be dressing up in the style. We're doing a comedy show. Uh, Doogie Horner, Pat House, Mary Rudzinski, Tommy Pope, John McKeever are all on it. Maybe somebody else too. Plus, I, specific Johns might be doing a little something. Johnny Goodtime's going to host it. So that's a comedy show, plus dancing with the 20s band. There's going to be a DJ, open bar for four hours, some food. All that, Mike? How much? $50. For the low, low price of? $50. $50. For New Year's Eve. For New Year's Eve. Four hours, open bar, food, dancing, DJ, a 1920s band, and a comedy $50, show. $50 open bar. $50 open bar on New Year's hours. Eve. Right there. Boom. That's it right there. 200 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so we're doing that on New Year's Eve. So that's going to be... So uh, you can contact me on the Facebooks uh, or... Yeah. Is there an event? Has an event been created? There for is this? an event. Yes, so you can even find the event and okay. uh, you know, bring a friend or two, uh, and uh, yeah, it should be uh, it should be a good time. And okay. uh, people are encouraged, but not forced to dress in nineteen twenties garb. Okay, that's up to you. And that's you're, you're thinking. Are you thinking more upscale nineteen twenties? Yes and no. I see. Here's the thing. I don't. I'm not a big dress up guy. I don't like getting all dressed up. So I'm trying. Because not that whole that whole decade wasn't. Oh no! There's a lot of ragtag little, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't, wanna, I don't, I don't want to throw the word hobo around, but you know, there were some of those around there, and uh, I would kind of like to almost be a little bit more, less, uh, less dressy. So yeah, you know, yeah. people who can do it how, how they, however they decide they want to do. People wearing potato sacks. Yes, we did it last year. We did like a kind of like a Mad Men era okay. type, like early '60s thing. We had a jazz band. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, so this is an annual. Second annual. Second annual. Second annual. We did it last year, and uh, it was. It turned out awful. I mean, it was the, the 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 party itself was great. Uh, I from what we heard, everybody's feedback was very positive. They couldn't wait to do it again. We already have a bunch of people coming back. They can't wait to do it. It was so much fun. But just the three of us putting it together, we were miserable because okay. we we're running around. We had to lug. Yeah. Was it the Latvian Society? You know, Latvian oh, Society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had to lug all these kegs up the stairs. We all hurt ourselves. We all hurt our backs. Uh, we're like we're running around like madmen trying to get ready. No pun intended. Trying to get ready. Trying to do all this stuff. Running we, around like a bunch of Don Drapers. Like a Don Drapers. No pun intended. No. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. good. And uh, but for some reason we decided to do it again. But everybody else had a great time. The three of us were miserable the entire. 
everybody else had a great time at the party, and we're going to do it again. Okay. Uh, one, <coughs> excuse me, one last cough. Yes. Um, I hope you're feeling better. By the time this podcast just, comes out, I hope things will work themselves it's, out. It's what it is. All it is is congestion, but it's running down the back. That's the word. I, I, I'm right there with you, my man. I, ugh, allergies. Post-nasal drip. Post-nasal drip. I, I'm Got a little PND. Uh, it is the, it's the worst. I get it. Yeah. I get it constantly. Uh, so the, the one last question that I had was, uh, you've been doing stand-up for about 10, 10 years Almost or so. Almost a decade. Ugh. Do I want to go into something else? Oh, uh, no. We should end this. Um, what would you want to kind of, any, any advice to, cause there's, there's a lot of improv people, uh, a lot, a lot of the advice kind of is cross, mm-hmm. cross, uh, crosses boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice? And do I really do like the fact that, and if I can say this too, and in all honesty, like, the fact that the worlds have kind of collided, like yeah. the improv and sketch and stand-up, it's, it can only lead to good... Like, it's just, I've grown so much by watching... Like, I've taken a, uh, an improv class or two now, and, like, you know, it's like... It's like the, the more you know, the less you realize you don't know. It's like, yeah. wow, you know, and, and uh, this is the sketch stuff, and it was just... I love how people are kind of crossing over, which yeah. is great. Well, when, when you started, you, you described, like, they were, like, so separated. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Like, all different parts of the table, whereas now we're all in on the same plate. Mm-hmm. It's just, now it's in one of those plates where it has each compartment. Yes. <laughs> and it's sometimes what it's like. the mashed potatoes will touch the, the cranberries. Yeah. yeah. And, I think, and I think, too, I think there is still a certain amount of that where there's some stand-up people like, I do stand-up and that's it. Mm-hmm. Improv people just want to yeah, do that. Yeah, absolutely. But then I really do, I just enjoy the people so much that have kind of come together, yeah. to kind of merged it, and you, know, you, you cross over. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. So talking to those people, mm-hmm. uh, all of them, is there any f- advice that you would give them having done... Uh, comedy for the past 10 years about stand up or about about any of it it's just uh, just work it out like you can't be afraid because I get afraid a lot and like you can't hide just get out there and if it's stand up just do you know open mics as much as possible if it's sketched you know get with other sketch people do bedtime stories or the theme show or, 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 or sketch up or shut up and you just get out, get out there, and, and churn it out. Like that's, and you know, and like I, sometimes I have to take my own advice because sometimes it's nice to stay home and just watch TV. But yeah. it's like when you have off for a year, exactly. You get off for a year. It's like I could hide for three months and nobody would see me. But it's like then I come out three months feeling awful. It's like just yeah. get out there in the mix as much as as possible and meet everybody and 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 do as much as you as you possibly can and and, and learn and just roll your sleeves up. You know, and that's, yeah. and I, you know, I, I need to take that advice myself sometimes, and it's, but I think that's what it is. The more you, the more you do it, the, you know, the, the, you know, the only good things can come from it. Yeah. All right. Chip Chantry. Mike Marbot. Thank you for doing the Getting Close podcast. Thanks for having me. It was yeah, fun. It was, it was, it was a good, good time. time. Thank you. So let's audibly shake hands right yes, now. Yes, right, right now. So we're right over shaking, the phone. Right over the phone. <laughs> hands are shaking. And we just saw another ghost. <gasps> and there it is. I have now gotten close with Chip Chantry. And... That was a great conversation, was it not? It was. Uh, Just as promised. It was a bit scattered, but there was a whole lot of really good stuff in there. And just some general fun conversation, fun banter, a fun little back and forth bump. I can't let a podcast go by without a terrible Dennis Miller impression. Um, Yeah, you can see him in the Secret Pants Christmas show, which is... Uh, December 23rd, Sunday, December 23rd at Johnny Brenda's. 
So you can check them out there. And also check out Secret Pants. They do this every year, and it's always awesome. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot attend because I will be back in Indiana as of that afternoon. So that sucks. Uh, but hopefully anything that they do, <coughs> excuse me, uh, some of it will hopefully find its way online. And I can enjoy it from the Midwest. Uh, you can also look into his Christmas party, which uh, there are events. As he said, it's a 1920s theme. Uh, tickets are 50 bucks, which uh, for all that he talked about is a pretty, pretty good deal. So check that out. Uh, also download his comedy album. Across from the Adonis on iTunes. Uh, Support local comedy. Support a local comic. You know this guy. Um, If you don't know this guy, and hopefully there's some people listening who don't know me that don't know him and are listening to this for that reason, then uh, this is a great way to really uh, get to know him through this podcast and then through his comedy. So uh, go do that. Across from the Adonis on iTunes. Uh... Don't forget the sideshow on the 28th where you can also see him. Uh, Oh, actually, no, he's not going to be there. But Bing Supernova will be there on the 28th. So uh, go see that. That will be $10, that particular sideshow, BYOB. Uh, There's a sideshow this Friday, as I said, $5, BYOB, the sideshow, Short Attention Span Theater. Um... That's all I really have to say, I think, uh, other than thank you. This is the final podcast of the year, the final Getting Close with Mike Marbach podcast episode of the year 2012, and I'm slipping into Johnny Carson once again. Uh, Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. We are a without-nominated podcast now, so if you have not voted, go on to without.net. Click the 2013 tab up top for the Without Awards <coughs> and <coughs> excuse me, uh, vote for the Getting Close podcast for best podcast or web series. It is a podcast. It is not a web series yet. Uh, I say yet as if there's plans to make it such. There's not. Uh, not at all. Not in the least. Uh, while you're at it, why not vote for some of my other efforts? Vote for Asteroid for best improv group. Vote for... Asteroid for best short run, uh, short run or one time show for the improvised B movie. Uh, yeah, so there's there's some some good stuff to occupy your time until the next podcast. Some good shows to see, some good things to do, some good votes to make. Uh, if this is the only podcast you've listened to, go back and listen to. Uh, the 12 or 13 or so that uh, I've done this year. Uh, There's a lot of really good conversations. Uh, So yes, thank you very much, and I'm looking forward to uh, another year of getting close with all of you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.